0: Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive.
1: So welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. This is a Special episode that we're doing today, not because it's 21 minutes after the top of the hour, not because we had to have a new event, not even because we have three faces here today. Lucas, my husband, is joining us in addition to myself, Rachel Marshall, and Bruce Weiner, your co host that you see every week, but specifically because it's been Christmas, it's Christmas break, and we are doing a special episode for you today that is an update on our family bank. So our Marshall... Family Bank, and this is something that we want to share with you because it's really important to watch infinite banking in action. A lot of times you hear about performance, you see policy illustrations, you can talk about what a policy is expected to do when you're starting a policy, and a lot of that is speculative. And instead of just being speculative, we want to show you the nuts and bolts of what's actually happening with a family banking system in place and working. And it's really exciting for us because we have been paying premiums for a long time now. And well, I say a long time with part of our policies and we have multiple policies. We have some, some that have been in place longer than others. And we want you to see what's actually happening because the growth is really exciting to us. And it's something that hopefully you'll get really excited about seeing what's possible for you as you're building your family banking system as well. So. Bruce, thank you so much for joining us here right at two days post-Christmas. How are you doing today?
0: Thank you. I think this is um, these types of episodes are both helpful, but they can also be harmful if people uh, take them too much at face value. They need to really understand that it's still a concept and that these numbers are individual to everybody that has their particular policy and how they use them. So I do think these are very, very helpful episodes. However, I want people to understand that it's actually the practice of infinite uh, banking that is more important than the numbers or the controlling of capital. Nelson said that on many, many occasions. Although I do know there's a lot of uh, educational and learning styles that really need to have this uh, type of interaction with their uh, policies. And uh, the last thing I'd like to say before we get started is, I see out on the internet now and social media, people talk about an IBC policy. There's no no such thing as an IBC policy. You use the IBC strategy and you actually use it with a whole life insurance uh, policy designed a certain way. And Nelson made that very clear because you could also do this strategy with a line of credit. You could do it with a signature loan with some collateral at the bank. It's just that all of those have more drawbacks than using it from specially designed whole life insurance from a mutual company. Mm -hmm. And so um, just everybody that's watching and just understand that every individual will be slightly different and policy design can be slightly different depending on your gender, your health, and your habits.
1: Uh, Bruce, I love that you shared that, and at the risk of talking too fast and not letting you share your thoughts, um, I want to share one idea based on what you just said, that it's really important to realize that not everyone's going to fund a policy the same, not everyone's going to start at the same age, and not everyone is going to um, start out the gate putting as much premium into a policy as they eventually will as they're building up over time, and you might be a policy owner, you might own a whole life insurance policy that's specially designed or it might have a different design than ours. And all of those things are okay. And they're still good. We started later than we wish we had, but earlier than many people start. And so that doesn't mean we were right in the timing that we started. I wish we had had policies when we were newborns like you, Bruce, that that would be amazing. But that wasn't something that we were knowledgeable or familiar with in our families of origin. And so it's something that we had to come to our own understanding, we had to build the foundation and the building blocks in our life, and we started really small. And then we've been building up over time. And so whatever your journey is, it's not going to look exactly like ours, and it's going to be right for you. So I hope the encouragement through this is get started and watch the growth and watch it continue to accelerate and do more and more for you the longer it's in force. So I'd love to hear your thoughts honey, I'm going to call you babe, Lucas. (laughs) I always call him babe. So um, for the sake of today's conversation, just, I would love to hear your big picture thoughts on um, just what you're excited about seeing.
2: Well, I mean, the point of doing this is to just show you what we're doing and showing you that we practice what we preach uh, for a metaphor, Mm -hmm. but also it goes along with um, the book that just came out, Seven Generations Legacy, and a part of that is our family bank. And the Nelson, as Bruce likes to say, always would say think long range. Mm -hmm. And so for us, um, this isn't just a how do we access the cash value immediately, but how does this impact um, our family so many generations into the future, our intention would be that 200 years from now our family is still practicing this, and it's benefiting um, more people than we could even conceive at this time. And so um we wanted we wanted to kind of give that as the frame of of our thinking with family banking and that it's it's a very long play for us and it's um it's also giving you a peek behind seeing how we implement it and why we do what we do and that we're not just telling people to do this but we're doing it ourselves
1: did you say two thousand years from now
2: 200 Oh, I thought you said 2,000. Well, seven generations. I was
1: like, that's amazing. That's what I heard. I was like, whoa, that's like as long as ago Jesus was here on the earth. I mean, that's
2: really, really. I'm just saying seven generations would be about 200 years from now. So if I said 2,000.
1: I mean, that would be amazing, though, if we can think about creating something that's really going to stay in effect for a really long time. And ultimately, that is the goal. And even though we can't touch and feel and even possibly fathom what is going to be happening 2,000 years from now, hopefully the seeds that we've planted today will still be growing um so if the world still exists i mean that's so so far in the future so let's go ahead and dive in and for any of you joining i would love oh thank you angela so we see um some people joining on facebook jose um on youtube we've got ballyhoo and then angela on linkedin says i got the book love 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 it thank you angela and looking forward to building my legacy by following y'all's footsteps oh that's so exciting so what i would love to hear at the top of the show today if you're listening live and we've got a small audience at this point but will this is something that will be alive on all the social media channels for a long time so you might be listening live or you might be listening later go ahead and drop in a comment wherever you're listening from and whenever you're listening Are you currently using infinite banking or is it something that you are considering i would love to hear that and then after you say that i'd love to hear your number one question about family banking systems and let's go ahead and dive in so let's go ahead and what i want to do first is just give you a big picture of what we've been doing over time. So we're about 11 years into our family banking system, if you will. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. So we started our first whole life policy about $10,000 per year. And this was back in, I don't have the exact date here in front of me. I think it was December, oh, 2012. It is in front of me. I just wasn't looking in the right spot. So December, 2012, And at that point, we had said we had been putting a lot of money into gold and silver. We realized that it wasn't as liquid as we wanted capital to be. We needed access to cash. We wanted a place that we could store cash and have it do something for us more than just putting it in the bank. But we wanted to make sure it was liquid and available. And so having a long-term growth and having death benefit was really important. Then about nine years into that, we... I should also mention, around that time, we were having our first child. So that was something that was on our mind, thinking about a legacy as well. Um, We then, in November 2021, so about two years ago, we exchanged Lucas's policy. Um, So that policy was on Lucas. We exchanged that, and we we did a 1035 exchange. That's not something we're going to explain fully right now, but basically, we took all of the cash value and put that into a new policy, and then... We also had an increase in our cash flow and we said, let's go ahead and increase our premium at that time to instead of 10,000 a year to 20,000 a year. Then fast forward about six more months, we wanted to start an additional policy, we had more capital to put in, we put a next policy on me, and then we started putting in 30,000 into that new policy and that started about two and a half years ago, but we were able to backdate the policy so that we could put in as much cash as quickly as possible and so, where we stand today...
2: Actually, we backdated both policies. So, oh, okay. we've, so we've paid, actually, uh, we've just paid the third year premium.
1: On both of the new policies. So when we show you the design or when we show you the illustrations and statements and when we show you the performance of what's happening, what, what is important for you to know is that our family banking system has been in place for 11 years total, started really small and really slowly at first. And then in the past three years, we've been putting in 50000 a year, and we've just paid the third year premium. So that's considered the end of year two. We've had our second year policy anniversaries, and we've paid the third year premium. Any thoughts or questions or clarification you want to add to that? Okay, so Bruce, um, and we only have 28 minutes for the rest of this show, so we're going to make sure that we are going to speak quickly on this. If you are ready, we can go ahead and jump into the policy statements and what that looks like right before we paid premium. Does that sound good? Sure. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and pull up the screen, and I'm going to show you what we're looking at here. Okay. so I would love, Bruce, if you would just kind of point out a few things on here, we've looked over these, Um, we see what's happening, but there's a couple key things that you usually go over with someone who is a client as you're doing an annual review. And I think you start here with the statement, is that right?
0: Yes. Um, You know, the first thing we just do is we review the uh, total premium, which is yours. It's it's stated at $19,998.98, however, uh, this is a little of a computer glitch with this particular life insurance company. Uh, the premium is actually nine, uh, 20,000, but uh, they do not want uh, the death benefit, uh, which you can see right there, the 888, um, 888, thousand four eighty-three. right across from it. They do not want that to end in pennies. So that's why they illustrate it like this. They're 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 working to to fix their com, uh, computer system right now. But I just review this, and then we break down where that premium comes from. What is uh, really required, and then what is optional. The so at the very top is the base part of the premium, which you're expected to play, pay uh, as you see uh, up in the upper left, where it says life paid to seventy five and um you could see that yeah right there and so really you you want to pay that base premium in some way that doesn't mean that it has to come out of your pocket there's a we don't have time in this show to talk about that but there's a variety of ways to do that to pay for that however the best way to do is actually it's a premium and you want to pay it because that you'll, you'll enhance your your cash value um then you have waiver a premium on this particular one. You can see there's waiver a premium for the base policy and there's waiver a premium for the term policy. Mm-hmm. You cannot put waiver a premium on the paid up additions. That's not possible. Um, and what this means is if, if Rachel were to become
1: this one's incapacitated, Lucas's policy. this is Lucas's policy.
0: Okay. If Lucas were to come become incapacitated, then they would actually continue to make those base and term um, premiums for you, and mm-hmm. we've we've dealt with this in another. I'll, I'll kind of skip over that. Then the very next thing that I actually oh, hold on, Bruce, uh, real
2: quick one point of clarification. So that waiver premium you're talking about, um, mm-hmm. there with Lafayette Life at least you can't put it on paid additions. There are some companies like each company is different, and so. Uh, I do know of at least one other company that you can put it on the mm. paid-up edition, but if you don't pay the full paid-up edition or something, I think then it falls off or something. Like then it
0: falls off. Yes. Yeah. But, but anyway, it's just like is, in case
2: somebody out there is like, "Why well, yeah, I have that?" Right. Or I've heard of something. Right.
0: Right. Good. Good point, Lucas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every company's different, and they, and that doesn't mean one company's uh, worse or better than that company. It just means that if they're giving you something, you're something else is actually being take taken away in that situation. So the one thing that I really, really emphasize is the term rider. Now, the term rider was put on these policies, uh, and it's great that Lucas put on a 30-year term rider because that enables him to put as much uh, paid-up additions as he possibly can for the longest. And Lucas Mm -hmm. and Rachel are going to talk about the benefits that they're finally seeing as far as the growth. And the reason they're seeing this growth is they faithfully have fully funded these policies. So they're putting in um, a 30-year term rider on this, and it costs um, $1,013.25 for $525,000 of coverage. That coverage will drop off in 30 years unless something is done. Now, Lucas, I believe you're... Your age is, um, what, in your early 40s? 45. Or 45. So um, this policy date was 2021. So you must, if you're going to convert this, you can convert the term to a permanent policy without any medical underwriting, but it must be done before Lucas's 35th birthday. You cannot do, I'm sorry, 65th birthday. You cannot do it converted after the 65th birthday so what does that mean if the five hundred twenty five thousand dollars is still desirable Lucas can actually take that and use it some or all of it to turn it into a another permanent policy now this policy now will drop by five hundred and twenty five thousand so the ability then will have to be reassessed to see if you can st- how much of that $20,000 premium they can continue to put in every year because of the modified endowment contract laws. So I'll I'll stop right there. Is there any additional questions or comments that you guys want to add to that? And then I'll I'll continue.
2: The term, um, if you go out, you know, when you get out to 30 years, if you do pay the premium as, if we pay the full premium, when that term drops off at 30 years, because we've had it for so long, you almost don't see a much drop in the actual death benefit because a lot of the um, whole life is is becoming more and more paid up and so that it's not as dramatic but if you have a short-term writer and you do that
0: you it's, it's very dramatic or it's very obvious correct and then they also because the at that time the dividends which are set to buy more paid up additional insurance are so large that they often catch up that loss of five hundred twenty five thousand dollars of death benefit fairly quickly into the future
1: Mm, Yes.
0: I I think where you're,
1: I think where you're going with this is the most important things that I see to point out are really where the dividends are being paid on, but I think you're already planning to cover that.
0: Correct. I have one more thing I wanted to cover. I just, I just think it's really important for people to understand where their premiums are going. And then to end with the idea that that 30 year, uh, term life will eventually, uh, not be on there anymore. It's interesting, Lucas and Rachel and all our listeners, people often say at the very beginning, oh, I want to keep my death benefit down as low Mm -hmm. as possible. And I just want to work on cash value. The closer they get to their mortality, in other words, the older they get, and then that term life uh, falls off of that particular policy, without fail, it seems like everybody's like, well, I don't want that death benefit to go down. And I feel like rewinding and saying, well, that's not what you said in the first couple of years when we were setting this up. But it's just, it's just human nature that people do not like to see that fall off. And then I'm the sure. final thing that I think that's really important is, Lucas, you, on your 1035 exchange, that single premium paid up additions rider, the amount of the insurance um, of $130,000 and the cash value of 62200 that was actually exchanged from one policy to another, this newer policy, for a couple of reasons that we're not going to go into right now. But that is a possibility that if you have another permanent policy, that you can exchange it for a new policy. And there's a variety of reasons why you may do that.
2: Yeah, And we explained that in the – this is a series. So I think this is the fourth video in this series. So if mm-hmm. you go back mm-hmm. and look at the Marshall Family Bank videos, we explained that in the, the first at least two ep- uh, videos. So. You yeah, know
0: why we did that? Yeah. So then, uh, Rachel, if you underline right underneath a, your total dividends this year in that box, I see. Yes. Yeah, it was four thousand two hundred thirty-three dollars and fifteen cents. Then it breaks down where that dividend came from. Now, of that forty-two thirty-three fifteen, the base dividend was paid of two thousand sixty five dollars and fifty five cents and then that a- like
1: almost half of it on the base policy right.
0: yeah correct and this is a little unusual because there was such oh. a a large there was such a large Single premium sp correct then it would premium be
1: meaning the 1035 exchange from the old policy yeah
0: correct this normally wouldn't be that large
2: when we look
0: at ratios um, we'll see that, yeah. Correct. The and and that two thousand and sixty-five dollars and fifty-five cents, that dividend was set to buy more paid up additional life insurance. And you can see it it about doubled the paid up of life insurance. So that is permanent insurance never has to have another premium paid to it. And then the paid up additions dividend, you can see it's very small. And that paid up additions dividend then bought an additional $111.42. And that really is the dividend that you're getting from the paid-up additions dividend the year before. So think about it as getting dividends on the dividends. So there's where some compounding is coming from. And then the level paid-up additions premium, this is what's planned to be paid every year. Which up up above, you can see is the plan of ten thousand eight hundred and fifty five dollars and fifty cents. It had a dividend of five hundred fifty three uh dollars and fifty eight cents, and once again, mm-hmm. it purchased eleven hundred sixty five dollars and forty cents of paid up insurance. And then this is where it's a little unusual because uh the dividends were were building on the previous policy. That single premium dividend right there is from that one hundred and thirty thousand nine hundred and forty six dollars and sixty four cents of insurance, and then that obviously purchases more paid up additional death benefit also in the form of seven, yes yeah, seven uh, oh sorry three 300- hundred. Uh, $3,289.42. And then the final number on here is the dividends grand total since 2021 where $7,848. Basically,
2: those paid-up additions are buying, like for every dollar of paid-up additions dividend, I'm getting about two to one ratio on Mm -hmm. the death benefit. I'm getting $2 of death benefit for every dollar. Now, if I was younger, say in my 20s, it might be $4 a death benefit for every, but because I'm in my 40s, it's less.
0: Correct. And the reason for that, listeners, is that single premium is actually um, based upon your, the, the amount of death benefit is based upon the age that you're paying it because this, because the paid up additional life insurance, or whether it's single premium, level premium, whether it's uh, paid up additions from the dividends that. They don't know if that's going to happen or not, whether you pay it or whether there's going to be a dividend, although dividends are highly profitable or are, are probable, excuse me. So that every year, the cost of the insurance goes up a little bit. So think of it as one year annual renewable term. A lot of people don't know this. The base, the base policy cost of the insurance is spread out the entire, your entire life to be equal because that is expected to be paid. And by contract, it's going to be paid. But the paid up additions part of this is optional. So that's why every year you're going to get a little bit less uh, paid up insurance for the premium.
1: So I think one thing that's really cool to us, as we're paying the premium, we know that on this particular policy, we put in $20,000 this year, after you see all these numbers. So basically, this is the snapshot of right before, it's actually from the day before we paid the $20,000 premium for the third year. So because of that, it's really cool to look at what has happened up until that point. This does not show this year's premium and the impact of that. So, yeah I think the the
0: the impact when we go to that Rachel is the cash value in this is one hundred and one thousand and eighty six dollars and ninety four cents and the um, cost of the insurance is eight hundred I'm sorry the amount of the insurance is eight hundred and eighty three thousand and some change so that's something that we should look at as we go forward
1: yes okay Let me look at the
2: illustration for this.
1: so let's look at the illustration then for Lucas's policy and I think those okay perfect So this is Lucas's policy, and this now is showing a different picture because it is showing the end of the third year, meaning these values shown on this illustration are for what happens now all the way at the end of this third year. So the previous thing that we just talked about with the statement, that was the day before third year premiums were paid, and this... You just underline. Enforce illustration. Underline what?
2: Yeah, get the
0: I don't think I have that ability on here. I don't know how to draw on here. Well, you did on the other one. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. Well, I guess we can't. But if, yeah, if you look at the the first the the first
2: line says end of year age forty five, year three. That's what you're talking about.
1: Mm-hmm. Correct, and and the first thing that
0: uh, yeah, the first thing that comes out is that the guaranteed cash value automatically goes up by almost five thousand dollars, and then the death benefit will stay the same because that's what the base is actually paying, and then it won't be until the end of the year that they then add the new um, dividend that they are projecting of forty nine thirty five to the cash value, and then you can see that. The cash value will grow to 110000 and the death benefit will go up by another about uh, $5,000 from the previous year.
2: Here we go. So this is the year we're talking about. This is where we're at. We're at, the, we're at the beginning of this year. We haven't gotten to the end. These will be the values in 12 months, basically, or for me, in 11 months or at the end of October. So.
1: So remember with his policy we paid 10,000 a year for 9 years basically then there was approximately 60,000 or so of cash value that we rolled over into a new policy and in addition to that we've paid 20,000 of premium on this policy for 3 years so that's twenty forty sixty. 60 I think am I saying the right numbers
2: At this point we've put in 60,000 and we the $60,000, 60, about 60,000 so It's about
1: 120,000 of premium yes. into this policy and at the end of this year, net cash value will be 110
2: 110 out of about 120 yeah. We'll be getting really
1: really close little. to the full amount of cash that's been put into this policy. I want to
2: connect back to something we had said. In year 30, if you look at... Oops, oh, sorry, I'm not draw. very good at drawing. But if you look at the death benefit from this year to this year, it doesn't... The term writer falls off, or maybe it's the next year. Sorry, I, I didn't yeah, go down. It's from that where I drew the line to the year down. Yeah. So it loses... About four four hundred
0: thousand. Six sixty six thousand.
2: Right. But then and so it does lose some, but it's not massive. And then you can see each year even then look at the death of increasing, increasing from six sixteen to sixty seven. And within
0: um Yeah, yeah, if you go to if you go to uh maybe age um eighty four or eighty five, I don't know if you have the ability to go to the next page. Um, um, it probably would probably go to about two. It, it'd get back to about two million dollars.
2: So if we go,
0: I don't know where that eighty-one actually.
2: We got. We got to, I don't know how to clear the annotations.
0: And and so that that just shows that the uh, the the dividends, which are very large at this time, of uh, the forty-five thousand dollars, the forty-three thousand, the forty-one, the forty, and the um. I think there were some paid up additions that could still be paid in the previous years. That is actually adding to the death benefit. And so you get back to the death benefit in about 10 years with that.
2: We have a question. Someone's asking how we have 101,000 in cash value in year two and when you're only paying 20,000 per year. So let's go, go back. Yeah. So this is actually year three. So we paid 60,000 and we had a 1035 exchange. So maybe you came into this a little bit late, but, uh, we, I had another policy that I had for about ten years. Uh, we explained this. This is like again. This is fourth fourth video in a series. Um, and this is explained in at least the first two videos why we did this. But mm-hmm. I ten thirty five about sixty one sixty two thousand from another policy uh, of cash value into this policy. So in all total, we paid actually about one hundred twenty thousand in in premium. So Wayne, I think that's your name. Yep,
1: I see Wayne on uh, LinkedIn.
2: That yeah. answers. If you you must have.
0: Yeah, and Wayne, think of that as that that's like making a single payment, a single premium payment um for a paid up additional life insurance that you can use when you're starting out. Also, it's not advantageous in most cases to do that for a variety of reasons. And we've had we've done other podcasts on this. And we're not gonna we're this is just a review of the Family Marshall Bank where it is right now, but that's that's how we uh, we've gotten to this point.
1: Right, okay, we've got quick. eight minutes left, let's, so we, let's we do can, this quick. Here can. is my policy. Yeah, and Bruce, um, I mean, you can point out whatever you want is on here. No, I think the most important thing would be no 1035
2: show. on this one, so it's going to look. Right,
0: gonna I think be, the most. Imp- yeah, yeah, I think the most important thing, Rachel, is is let's just start with the dividends. If you go down and yeah. underline the total dividend for this year, of. $4,585.35. So that's what you actually received. But the base dividend right underneath it is $35.99. I love to point this out to people. Your premium for that base dividend, if you draw a line from the $11,323 down to that base dividend of $3,500 and then go to the level Premium paid up additions of $896 mm-hmm. and underline $896. Or, yeah, that's fine. Point it. And then go up there to the level premium addition of $17,746 and draw a line to that. So I always love to point this out to people. So you paid a base premium of 11323 dollars which is obviously about 50%. Less than the level premium paid-up additions mm-hmm. premium, and yet it accounted for thirty-five hundred of the forty-five hundred approximate dividend. So, if people don't understand that the base policy is driving the majority of the dividend, then they they really need to go back and and look at some of the videos we've done to explain this. So that's a great example of how the, the, the premium and the amount of the insurance drives the dividend. So now, Rachel, if you go up to the top on the base amount of insurance of 278000 and draw that towards the base dividend, and then go down to the level premium paid-up additions insurance of 88,890 and draw that down to the 896 dividend. You can see that the amount of the insurance also plays a really large component of the determination of the tax-free dividend. So when everybody talks about the policy design and why did Nelson do it this way? And why are other people trying mm-hmm. to, to do other dividends or uh, policy design a different way for high early cash value? And I'm not saying that you cannot, um, a high early cash value policy is not something that some people might want to do, but it isn't in an infinite banking concept type policy. And the reason for that is what we have learned and Nelson learned with the human condition is that people that take large policy loans early and are not patient, they tend to not pay their loans back either. And if you're not paying your loans back, then you get compounding of the loans. And if you don't have high enough dividends just from the base to offset that compounding of the interest then your policy can maybe lapse into the future. And so this is something that I think really needs to be understood by the general public on how these dividends are being applied.
2: And also with the with that 1035 that I did on my policy and with that single premium coming in it makes it look like oh there's a lot more um dividends but there's trade-off too if you increase the the those values earlier then it requires more, at least it, with most cases requires more term insurance, which is taking away right. from premium that's going towards longer term growth. It can also the 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 illustrate uh, the software would have to adjust potentially how many years you can pay in because you put mm-hmm. more money in earlier. So there's trade offs there, and um, but this was uh, again we explained why I did what I did uh, mm-hmm. in prior video, but it's not um it's not as though it's apple it's completely apples to apples. There's trade-offs and there's things that you know you might not notice just by what we've even shown today. So
1: what's really important though is what Bruce shared and something that Lucas wants to share. We're really compressed for time here. But the idea that we could have designed these to have higher early cash value and have more percent of our premiums available immediately out the gate, year one. We could have done that, but we personally chose to not have as much early cash value because we wanted the long-term play of having higher long-term dividend growth because that was really important to us to have a long-term vision, not just a short-term vision. And the problem is often people will say, I want that high early cash value, but Bruce, you're saying, not only are the people who want that high early cash value losing out on these dividends, that they could have higher dividend growth in future years, they're also tending to be the kind of people who cannot delay gratification and so we're choosing to be the long-term focused steady plotter rather than the one who is shooting for the highest return on this policy in year one
0: yeah and it's it's nelson's number one tenet think long term that's the number one thing he said and then here's
2: rachel's illustration
1: And now mine is a little bit more pure, if you will, if you want to just look at premiums into cash value because there's no single premium payment here. So for you that are looking at this, this now is a snapshot of what will happen at the end of this year. So in 12 months time from now, when um, at the end of year three,
2: you'll have paid 90,000. We've paid 90,000 in premium already. Yes. And at the end of this year, you'll have 74,000, Well, basically 74,000 in cash value. Yep. And um so so about seventy seventy four out of ninety. So you're approaching about eighty. I don't know what the actual percentage is, but yeah, it's, it's increasing. But we can show the since we're running out of you time, can make that
1: own calculation for yeah. yourself how much percent of cash value we have. Pull available. Up the, um, yeah, bear with me here. So good. i got to here. Pull this down. Gonna reshare <clears> the <throat> we
0: have one. Of overarching,
1: uh, okay, Bruce, can you see this like two family banks side by side?
2: So, on the left, we had when we did the last uh video showing it was on December 27th, 2022. This was for all of our policies combined. This is a so at that time we'd paid 160,000 in whole life premium, and as you can see, the percentages we had percent of whole life premium as cash value was about eight just under 87 percent um and the percent of whole life premium available alone was 76 percent and then as of december 11th i i wasn't i logged in this morning but the website was i wasn't able to log in i think they're updating it or doing some maintenance on the website so
1: on the right left. is our right. Yep. new values
2: so you can see the increase of fifty thousand in premium paid you can see the death benefit increased by not quite a hundred thousand on the whole life um and then our of whole life premium is the cash value is up about a percent, and the amount available in the loan is about two and a half percent increased. Yep, increased percentage. Yep, and you can see this. So the total cash value available is one hundred twenty-two thousand, or just under one hundred twenty-two. And last year was yeah. and this year it's ju- just under one hundred sixty-six thousand. But this is increasing every day. So Rachel's policy earns about fifteen dollars a day. My, mine is earning about, or sorry, mine's earning fifteen. Rachel's of ten. So it's about twenty-five dollars a day. Which is seven hundred fifty dollars a month. That the that value is, in, or the, that number is increasing. Not
1: the uh, total available yeah. cash value, not so, the total cash value, but the total available.
2: Yes. Yeah. So the amount that we could borrow in about a year from now will be basically nine, almost nine thousand dollars more than what's there. So from from one sixty five thousand today, we should be able to borrow about one hundred seventy five thousand. Um, as we get right to the end, about this, this uh, right before. The premiums are due again so
1: yes awesome and fritz yes we see you we are just about to wrap up the show so um good morning to you and you can go back and watch this i think there's a little delay once we are done being live before you can watch this later and then, but you'll so be able to see when
2: we showed you the enforce that was the end of the second year when we were looking at the illustrations we were looking at end of this year coming this up this is this right here is showing you on the right is showing you exactly where we are almost well december 11th but again that because the way it works because we pay annual premium that cash value isn't all immediately uh, available that premium isn't all available as cash value it's, it's increasing every day so
1: so this, um, the this time is of the of time. the time frame of this picture you're looking at right now is after we've paid the third year premium mm-hmm. right now so it's it's after you've paid the after we've paid the premium how the policy is performing for us, what our experience is right now. I also want to point out, we do not have any current loan balance. Uh, and that is by choice at this time. It's not that a loan balance is bad. We just currently do not have our capital put to work in any other place. And I think it would be really valuable to share just, uh, well, let's let's pause for a second. Bruce, I know you have a plane to catch. Do you have time for two more minutes or we can let you go? Yeah, if,
0: it, if, it, yeah. if it's only two more minutes, I'll be fine. Okay all right okay
2: so um in the prior videos i explained all of our family principles of, around our, how we think about our family bank but there's a couple of quotes um from charlie munger who recently passed away and one of our principles is um opportunity seeks liquidity
1: let me stop. Sure.
2: and look li- liquidity use control and knowledge so charlie munger says it takes character to sit with all cash and do nothing um and it's important to i think a lot of people are you've been told to invest 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 and everyone's so Concerned about deploying all their capital right away, but the reality is the ultra wealthy are completely comfortable sitting in cash and waiting for the right opportunities and the right deals. And um, Charlie Munger also said, in along those lines, waiting helps you as an investor, and a lot of people just can't stand to wait. If you didn't get, if you didn't get the deferred gratification gene, you've got to work very hard to overcome that. And so, it's this idea again, going back to Nelson Nash saying, think long range, and. Uh, with investing, it's more about patience, having capital because you won't be able to seize the opportunities if you don't have capital. And then focusing on the right opportunities, not just like acting like it's a hot potato and feeling like you've got to just get it out of your hands.
1: And I'll say on that point, if we had to look at the season that we're in with our policies, we're still in the capitalization phase. We still do not have the full amount of cash value that we have put into the policies available. I'm sorry, the full amount of premium we have put in available in cash value. However, if we look out to about year four in the policy, we'll begin to have the experience of we pay premium and our cash value increases by more than what we paid in that year, which is a great feeling. I can already say that when I look at how much cash value we have available, and I know we're getting ready to pay our premium that we've been planning all year and setting aside and being diligent about saving so that we're ready to pay the premium and it doesn't feel like it's scary or weird or challenging to make that big payment, when we pay it, all of a sudden we see the cash value increase and we see what's available increase. It's a really good feeling to be able to say, look, we, th- we have this much available in our Marshall Family Bank. Um, I want to use that to answer Keith's question. Are the bulk of loans supposed to be paid back by income producing assets or by net paycheck income? You can do either. You can use loans for absolutely anything. Our ultimate goal is to use the cash value to invest in cash flowing assets and have that asset based income, come back to be able to repay. Yeah. repay yeah, we prior,
2: we'd prioritize that using it for assets over just lifestyle. But
1: but it's an emergency it. yep. and opportunity fund. You can use it for absolutely anything. Yep. We are going to close there um, for the sake of time today. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for asking your questions. Drop any questions in that you have about family banking, family banking systems, infinite banking, a policy on yourself, time frame to get started. Anything that is on your mind. Uh, even the performance of or why we did things the way that we did. We'd love to hear those questions and be able to address those in the future. And in closing, let me just say two things. If you want to get started with a family banking system or you want to build on a policy you already have and add additional policies, we can help you do that. So we often don't tell you that we are actually able to serve you and help you build your infinite banking system. Or maybe we do say this, but sometimes people don't realize that we can help you with that. So reach out to us at themoneyadvantage.com. You can book a call on our calendar, meet with our advisors and find out exactly how to structure and start a policy for yourself or add an additional policy. The other thing I want to say is like and subscribe. Share this with anyone that you think would be helpful for them. And in closing, please remember, success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd and build a life and business you love.